0: Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And it is another wonderful Monday. Hollow cult. Hopefully, the show kicks the work week off on the right foot. Because everybody knows that uh fuck a day job.
1: (laughs) Facts. That is an absolute truth that we are growing accustomed to.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to continue down my path here of weird shit falling from the sky uh, like I did a couple weeks ago with the meat rain. I've got something else here for you that's pretty interesting that I'll get into after all the business.
1: Full cans of soda.
0: Full cans of carbonated beverages falling from the sky. That is not true, but...
1: That would suck.
0: Unless you could catch them and you were thirsty.
1: That might pan out. And if
0: they were chilled... I before it, but to get to that, we got to get through the business. So check us out at all our socials: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Search up the Hall Sky Podcast, and you will find us there. The biggest, most important piece of news we've got is the Forty and Airwaves Ultimate Podcast Conference. This is a full weekend event. Fifty dollars, you get Friday night hanging out with us, kind of laid back, chill. Saturday, all day. We've got podcast panels. We'll each be doing a live podcast meet and greets. And then Sunday we'll have a fabulous pancake breakfast for you all. $50 for the whole event. There'll be a cash bar there. Uh, There is room and board on site. So if you click the QR code in all of our social posts, you can find out where to get your tickets and uh, where to book your rooms for the weekend we got special roommates available as well. This is October 6th, 7th, and 8th, located at the Inn at Ohio Northern University in Ada, Ohio. Again, that is us, Kill the Mockingbird, Uncomfortable, Cryptids of the Corn, The Bump Podcast, and our friends in Appalachia Intelligence. It's going to be a good time. Buy your tickets now before they run out so you can come and hang out with us. It's going to be dope.
1: Let's go, nerds.
0: Come on, nerds. Let's make this successful so this can be a continuing thing in the future. If you have a paranormal experience you would like to share with us, for us to feature on a future show, Kyle has some information that you're going to want.
1: I can let you know what to do. He's got the deets. I got it for you. You can write your story out. You can record your story. Shoot it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also call or text the holophone, which is going to be 1618 556 837 It's also the number we use for night shifts. Remember it. Write it down. Take pictures of it. Use it. Use it. Uh, you can send stuff to Before us. You lose it. That's right. You can send stuff to us, which is going to be P.O. Box 145, Field in Illinois, 62031. Send us all types of strange shit, cool shit. Doesn't matter. Just send us cool stuff. Um yeah. Any way that you can get a hold of us is preferred.
0: Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. I did, I did it's not trademark. I'm gonna go way off the path here Uh-oh. of the normal show. Uh-oh. I uh I found some interesting little snippets of information that have absolutely nothing to do with the show, but I just feel like I need to put it out there.
1: Hey like, like fun facts?
0: Yes. I found that one of the earlier mass producers of Ouija boards. Was a toy company here in St. Louis from like the 1920s. Hell yeah. So if anybody has any info on St. Louis Ouija boards, I've posted in the Discord, but I forget the actual name of the company. I would like to get my hands on one. I found one on eBay, but a little pricey, a little out of my price range. That is uh, okay. Here they are. Um, it is a vintage there called the Wilder Manufacturing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. The board is a Mitchie Manitow board. Uh, there's one on eBay for $888. Cool. But I will not be purchasing. But that means there are more out here. So I'm on a hunt for one of these OG old ass Ouija boards from St. Louis because it's local and it would be dope to hang on the wall anybody sees one of these out in the wild, a wilder in the wild, think of your boy.
1: Yeah, hit us up.
0: Think of your boy. I also found out a weird thing about Venus flytraps. Okay. Fucking strange.
1: They're vampires.
0: They are not. Oh. But they might be aliens. Because they're I only that. native... To a, I think it's a 60 mile radius around uh, Wilmington, North Carolina.
1: That's the only place you can find them?
0: That is the only, you can re, <laughs> like replant them and they will survive, but they are only native to that one spot. I did read that there are populations, I'm not sure if they're native or not, have they just been retransplanted and they're thriving in Southern Florida and in Washington, but they are only native to that spot in that 60 That's weird. I figured radius. they would have been
1: in the jungles.
0: Right? They I also read that there was a meteor strike there in that area. I've read two different things like no there wasn't then I read yes there is. So people are kind of trying to attribute them to as an as an alien species. I can see that. Where they are their only I forget what it is. It's if like they're the only kind. The only one in their genus. There are other plants that devour plants. Uh, Insects and shit, but they're the only like legit Venus flytrap. And it's weird that they have the name Venus flytrap. It is a long. little
1: weird. That has nothing to do well, with today's just, story. It's just like octopus. Yeah. They're aliens too. Yeah.
0: They probably came on the scene. Giant squid. A meteor. Come on. Fucking uh, duckbill platypus.
1: Yeah. The jackalope.
0: Yeah. See. Uh,
1: Giraffes. <laughs> yeah. Giraffes are weird. That's what I'm saying. Big ass necks. Big ass necks. But if you like,
0: now that I got that out of the way, I just felt like I need to share that with people. Like that's, that's. Some, that's
1: From now on, you got to do it like a guy at work used to do it. He'd, he'd just look at you and go, did you know?
0: That might be a new segment. If I can yeah. find some weird shit. Did you know? The segment. Did you know segment? But if you'd like to support us after that, which you probably don't because I don't blame you. We do have a Patreon where we release extra content and you can go check it out. We have like over 50 extra episodes over there and a bunch of other stuff. You can go look at it. we got the store at PaulSkyPodcast.com. There's all kinds of good stuff over there. The new shirts dropped. we got some stickers dropping. Go and peep that. We also have a Venmo if you'd like to drop some pocket change in there to support all of our vices. We appreciate you. Best thing you can do is share the show. Share it everywhere. Again, like I said, we're going to start making a big push here to try to kind of push the show up to the next level. Um, We'd really like to be in a position where we can create more content for you all and focus on some other avenues, start doing some more uh, YouTube stuff. But we really have to push the show to get to that point. Um,
1: I'd like some free time to be able to practice my cry chops.
0: Yeah, Kyle is a karate man. Yeah. So that being said, uh, the more we can get the show out there, the better. You can also go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review, and I will gladly shout you out when I find it. Today's comes to us from our friend Hiccup4. Hiccup says, awesome, five stars. Just found this pod going back and listening from the beginning, loving every second of it. Well, Hiccup, first off, thank you so much for the kind words right off the rip. Secondly, if you're enjoying those first shows, it gets way better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because
0: it's like two different podcasts from four, four and a half, five years ago. Absolutely. Now. So you can tell we kind of really get in our stride and get our comfort zone here after a while. But those first ones, ugh, a little rough. We're trying to find our footing there. A little
1: on the rough side.
0: But we appreciate you anyway, Hiccup. Thank you for the kind words. And we're glad you found the show. From that, I'm going to jump right into our listener experience of the day. It comes to us from our friend John. John's title uh, is Aliens in the Bedroom.
1: That's never a good title. No. Ever.
0: John says, hey, guys, just want to start by saying I'm loving the pod. I've went back and started listening from the beginning. Currently, I'm on episode 54. It's crazy. That's like 200 episodes ago. I know. That's nuts. Anyway, I grew up in southern Illinois in a little town called Carmi. I've always had an interest in UFOs and that sort of stuff. Back then in the late 90s, probably around 98, I had an experience in the house I was living in. I was probably around 19 years old then, so I was still living with my parents. Now let me tell you, this house was creepy. An old two-story farmhouse. There are several experiences that I had there, not just me, but others also. But the story I'm about to tell you is just one of few. So the house was next to a small town airport. Nothing bigger than a Cessna could land around there. Well, this said airport had a light, Kind of like a lighthouse, the light would rotate and let the planes know where, where it was at. Anyway, I had the far upstairs bedroom, furthest away from the light, and it would brighten up my room if I left the door to my room open. I rarely left the door open because the light annoyed me, and my little brother brother was in the room connecting to mine. So at night, I always had the door closed. There would be a little bit of light under the door, but nothing that to light up my room. So one night, I was asleep, and all of a sudden I woke up, which is not unusual for me, but this time when I woke up, I was not alone. When I opened my eyes, there were four to five beings standing around my bed, encircling me. I froze. I did not know what to do. I just looked at them for a bit, and they were staring at me. The thing is, they all had the same face. Hell, come to think of it, maybe it wasn't bad that I woke up, or maybe it wasn't a bed that I woke up in, but it seemed like it was. That's
1: fucking terrible. It's disgusting. disgusting.
0: They didn't make any sound, talk, or anything. They just looked at me like they were studying me. Once I finally came to my senses, all I could do was take cover, take the covers and pull them over my head. Next thing I know, it was the morning. The next day I got up and started talking to my little brother and asked if he'd seen anything that night. He said that at one point in the night, he was woken up by a bright light coming out from underneath my door. He said it lit up his room. I have no clue what happened that night, could it have been aliens, or was it just a product from all the creepy things, which I will email more, more stories later, that the house had to offer? Well, I hope you enjoyed the story. Please, if you have any questions, just reach out to me, and I'll be ha- happy to answer anything. Thanks for all the awesome entertainment you provide with your pod. Thanks, John. Bro. First off, uh, thanks for submitting your encounter. We definitely appreciate it that you use our pod as a platform to get your story out. Uh, Secondly, you took the words right out of my mouth when you said that they were all encircling your bed, when you said maybe I'm not in my bed at all. That makes your heart stop a little bit. Absolutely. Because that is absolutely awful.
1: He did use the same tactic that I used with my encounter. (laughs) Dude, I I love it. Pulling the cover up over your head, and you're like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Yep. It's so weird how, like, your little kid brain will assess that situation like that, too.
0: And When you're that small, co- covers and pillows are, like, impenetrable. Yeah. I always...
1: <laughs> you ain't fucking with me. I'm under the covers, son.
0: I always had, like, this, this used to be, the pod room here it used to be my bedroom when I was little. And I had bunk beds. I didn't share them with anyone. I just had double bunk beds. And I'd always get so... I was so innately terrified of aliens i still blame it on fire in the sky but maybe something deeper was going on i'm not sure but i would take a bunch of pillows and blankets and i would just fort in the bottom bed of the bunk bed and in my brain that was enough like
1: so you stayed on the bottom bunk fuck yes i did right on right on
0: (laughs) because i could fort myself in and then they wouldn't bother me like for some reason, yeah. they couldn't get through the blankets, or maybe they yeah. wouldn't see me.
1: But you'd still be scared as fuck because you didn't know it was on the other side of the wall.
0: Yes, yes, I remember being yeah. like six or seven years old, and I would lay in here and I would cough and cough and cough until my mom would get up to check on me because I was too scared just to get up and go in her bedroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just had something in my throat, mom. That's all.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm not feeling real great. Yeah, but I am definitely curious as to, um. More of your encounters and such. And maybe we can reach out and book an interview so we can go over the whole thing. I think it'd be uh, really beneficial for the Cult to hear it, like, from your point of view instead of me just reading it, I guess. So we'll probably reach out and uh, get in touch to hear more about your stories. It's creepy, man.
1: It's definitely creepy.
0: Well oh, with aliens, man. I know they're a hot talk- talking point right now.
1: It's weird how he like didn't get ultra scared seeing all 5 of them there or four or whatever many there was and yeah. the fact that they had the same face is That's just weird too. really creepy yeah. yeah it reminds you of your typical like gray encounter yeah and it's then gross. once he
0: attributed it to maybe being inside a craft possibly on uh examining tables what I took it as yeah yeah is disgusting yeah yes disgusting but hey aliens are a hot topic and like I told you uh, we were talking about how people just don't seem to give a shit about aliens. I'm kind of right here with it this was my this was my should I care about what's going on meter and things happening should I care about them and I asked myself do I have to go to work Monday? if yes not that big of a deal. if no then I have to ask myself do I still have to pay my bills? If yes, also not that big of a deal. But if no, then we're on to something, and <laughs> <laughs> we got something going on. Because if the aliens just land at the White House, I still have to go make coke.
1: Yeah, Monday morning, <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: So that's. I feel like that's a good chart to uh, gauge to yeah. gauge how important something is yeah. in in our day to day blue collar lives. But again, thank you for submitting your story and we will reach out to you and hopefully either hear more or set something up uh, in the future. I'm still without internet, but I should have that problem solved coming up shortly and we can get some shit rolling. That being said, we are moving into my story for the day and I've been on a roll with a weird shit falling from the sky, weird rain theme I got going on here. I'm not going to differentiate from it this week. Because I'm going to talk to you about the Oakville Blobs, which that in itself seems like it goes right in line. An Oakville Blob sounds like something that you would get from a Kentucky meat shower.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely the same context there.
0: I know I talked about this on uh, a recent Night Shift episode, but for people that don't listen to the Night Shift, I'm going to go ahead and revert back to the Meat rain. Uh, Mr. Goad did email me back. So I'm going to share that with you all. So you're kind of in the loop here. He was the one who had the meat jelly beans made. So Mr. Goad says, hello, Steven. I apologize for being slow to respond. I've been out of town and only back in Lexington for a few days before leaving the country. First, I'm super excited to hear your podcast about the meat rain. As you probably learned in the mental floss article, I have a deep, or I've been deep into the meat rain for years and I'm always glad when other people find it interesting about the jelly beans. When I had those created before, I worked with the taste lab in Cincinnati and they have since closed. Unfortunately that means there is not a quick slash easy way to create them again. I'm currently working to see if I can find another place to go to or to go through the same process to make more, because I would love to have more for myself as well, but that will take a handful of months to be done. Sadly, that means I cannot send you any at this time. Hopefully, sometime in the future, I'll have more. We'd we'll be happy to make them available for folks to try. That's the entire reason for having them made, so that people can try them and make their own decisions about what kind of meat it tastes like. I'm sorry I can't be more helpful at this time. Please let me know when your podcast is available. I would very much like to hear it. And if you have any questions at all, I'm happy to answer anything that I can. I've read a lot of articles over the meat rain over the years. Kurt Goad. So I just wanted to keep you all updated. No meat, jelly beans at this time, but I have contacted the meat man and he may be in the process of getting more made for any of the holo cult that would like to try them. Which is dope that he took the time to even oh, absolutely.
1: Email us back. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, so
0: kudos to him for being I'd try an one OG. I would too. Like what? What are the chances?
1: I mean, yeah. And what's the worst? It's gonna taste like dirt or bleach or something. I yeah, mean, it's they not said that bad.
0: strawberry pork chops. Remember?
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be that bad. Uh, it kind of it kind of makes you think about Salisbury steak. Uh,
0: well, yeah,
1: Salisbury steak is kind of weird. Uh,
0: I, mean, it it is. You're yeah.
1: I used to love it a lot when I was little, but we solved it. It's just Salisbury steak falling from the sky. God, I
0: fucking hope so.
1: <laughs> It'd make a lot of people happy. So, yeah,
0: Sarah would be stoked. She'd be just out there fucking mouth of just taking it in. Anyway,
1: I just picture a Salisbury steak smacking her in the face. <laughs>
0: it really is a meat <laughs> right. Uh Today's incident is not that old. Uh, it probably occurred within most of our lifetime. It takes place in 1994 in the town of Oakville, Washington. Oakville clearly is no stranger to rain. Being out on the in the Pacific Northwest, it uh, rains there almost half the year. The average is about 52 inches, which is higher than the national average of 38 inches. But on the early morning of August 7th, a strange new rain fell. Like how I did that there?
1: Yeah, it was very suspenseful.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I was going for.
1: Uh, you nailed it.
0: Town police officer David Lacey was interviewed on one of the best television shows ever created, Unsolved Mysteries, oh. about the subject of the blobs. Lacey stated that he was driving his patrol car at about 3 a.m. when the mysterious rain began to fall on his windshield. Lacey states, We turned our windshield wipers on, and it had just started smearing to the point that we could not see. He said he pulled over to a gas station to scrape the goop off. After putting on a pair of latex gloves from his cruiser, he inspected the weird goo. The substance was very mushy, he said. It's almost like if you had jello in your hand, and you could pretty much squish it through your fingers. We did have some bells go off in our head, basically that said, This isn't right, this isn't normal.
1: Well, of course. You have jello falling from the sky. Yeah. I mean, A. Story's coming from a cop. Little more credibility. Credence, there. Yeah. Uh, B, at least he was fucking smart enough. That's what I to said. To pull over to a gas station, which usually has the awnings. And then, furthermore, he put on latex gloves when handling. Because I would be interested in how I would be in that same situation.
0: Yeah. When he said. I feel put- like
1: I would just end up touching it like a dummy. Same. When
0: he said he put his gloves on, I said, What what a dude, man? Yeah. Because I he's would the, not. he's
1: playing chess. He ain't playing checkers no, over here, no. man.
0: Me, dude. I I I'd be like, What the fuck is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is this? Another town resident, Dottie Hearn, recounted the event. Quote, it looked like hail laying on top of the wood box and everywhere else. So I just went over and I touched it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Same, Dottie. Yeah. Same. Oh yeah. But after Dottie touched it, she realized it wasn't s- solid at all. But the same gelatinous mystery that Officer Lacey had encountered earlier that day. It was definitely strange, but it wouldn't be the last appearance of the blob. Over the next three weeks, the blob would fall five more times over an area of 20 square miles. So it wasn't a singular occurrence.
1: That is, that's weird in itself. And it, so it did slightly move locations every time it blobbed. Yeah. It
0: wasn't, it wasn't like the meat rain over just a small area. Yeah. 20 square miles is a pretty good, it's a good pretty chunk. good swath.
1: Yeah. Did it like legitimately cover 20 square miles every time it rained blob or was it like within this five miles over here and then t- tomorrow it was in that five miles over there?
0: Uh, the, I think that's more. That's more the assessment that the, the five times it rained, it, it wasn't yeah. over twenty miles, but it or twenty square miles. But the occurrences happened within right. Gotcha. Like a, like smaller spots within is what the, what, the way I take it when yeah. I was reading. Um, this is where it starts to get bad, right? Uh oh. So not, but a few hours after the blobs fell to the ground, people began reporting strange flu-like sicknesses running through the area. Both Officer Lacey and Dottie were among folks that fell violently ill. They reported having difficulty breathing, blurred vision, and extreme vertigo and nausea. A resident named Maurice uh, Gobley said, I got sick, my wife got sick, my daughter got sick, everyone that lived here got sick. Another resident, Beverly Roberts, stated in an interview that everyone in the town contracted the strange flu-like symptoms, and they lasted for quite a while. She's quoted in saying, Everybody in the whole town came down with, like, a flu, only it was a really hard flu. It didn't last seven days. It lasted seven weeks, two to three months. She also stated that many animals that came into contact with the blobs also fell ill, and multiple family pets ended up dying after being around the odd fall.
1: Man, because that doesn't sound like the past two years.
0: How fucking strange
1: Definitely weird.
0: And just hit out of nowhere. Officer Lacey remembered being violently ill. He says, I was to the point where I could hardly breathe. I started to put it together that possibly whatever the substance was, it made me violently sick. Like I'd never been sick before to the point where it just totally shut me down.
1: Which the, I don't see. I don't know. I wasn't there. So I can't make a proper assessment. But it almost puts you under the impression that it didn't doesn't necessarily make you sick by touch.
0: Yeah, because they said there were multiple accounts of people saying everyone in the town was sick. Yeah. Even they didn't state you had to touch to be sick.
1: Yeah, because the old lady, she touched a bare hand. The cop didn't. Yes. Still got sick. Um, I mean, I guess there could be residue regardless. You could... I mean, eventually you probably did it not touching it, but it would. It's weird that it kind of gives imp- implications that it was airborne, like like it. It hit the ground, released something, it's, got everybody sick.
0: It's it. it, it, it would get, they dip their toes into that territory.
1: I was say it gives you a little bit of like a military weapon yeah. biotest feel. Yeah,
0: like the crazies kind of thing going on. Yeah. Unfortunately, Dottie was in even worse shape. <laughs> she remembered I started feeling dizzy and everything started moving around and around and then it got worse. And as it did, I became increasingly more nauseated. Them talking about it reminds me of you yeah. being sick. Not too long. Oh
1: yeah. absolutely. Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, not only did it hit on me, but it hit on kind of symptoms yep. of the past couple of years. And, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of strange. Was, I was thinking the same thing. When like I, was I said, and, and we know the origins of that. And, uh, it definitely gives me a, a, some type of testy feel. Yeah.
0: It's, it's bizarre, man. Uh, and,
1: and, you know, she may have done worse because she did barehand it, too. Yep.
0: Yep. In fact, only an hour having noticed her symptoms, Dottie was found by her daughter, Sunny Barcliffe, collapsed on the bathroom floor. She was conscious, but barely and extremely weak. Her daughter said that she was cold to the touch and drenched in sweat and extremely pale-looking. She's quoted in saying she was cold during in perspiration. My mom had been vomiting. She had extreme vertigo and she complained that she had difficulty seeing. Her vision was extremely blurry. Sunny thought her mom was on the verge of death. So they rushed Dottie to the hospital where she was kept for three days. But the only ailment they could find was a severe inner ear infection. That's weird. How fucked up is that?
1: My ear was fucked up. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah, my ear was fucked up when I was having all those problems. So weird it is super weird, man. I don't know I mean i' I don't ever rule anything out, especially when it comes to knowledge and the manipulation of stuff they're always messing with that shit you know they you know they are and we would never know no, absolutely not. it's we... just really bizarre that it fell out of the sky in this like jello blob form you you just but I mean uh, furthermore. Like, you could almost think of it like a a damn uh, Orby, you know, them little water things. Like yeah. it would be a good, it would be a way you could drop it over a territory and it busts itself open, essentially yep. releasing something. Also, another angle to look at that—that's terrifying. Curiosity. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I would be, we would, you and me would be just like uh, Dottie or whatever. Well we would definitely go, go! over <laughs> Yeah. At the very least we're poking it. We're going what oh, the yeah. fuck is this? Oh yeah. You're poking it. And then uh-huh. then you know people you're gonna start a little blob ball fight. Oh,
0: Dude, we, we were talking trash on the old boys that took a bite of the meat rain, but here oh, we are. We
1: definitely are we are in on this one. Yeah, I'm not are. I'm sorry, I'm not dumb enough to eat meat from the sky, <laughs> but however.
0: I get in a blob war. <laughs> I, yes, I am dumb
1: enough to partake in that that activity. I will openly admit that. It
0: is strange that, like, the illness only hit this specific
1: town. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 100% correlated.
0: And I know that um, the old gal said that the flu was for multiple months but the rain also fell for three like fell in different spurts in three weeks so it could it could have hit people got sick then it hit a little further hey holocult the weather's getting nice and you know what that means it's cryptid hunting season and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear that's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovus boots when you're out hunting the dog man or stalking chupacabra you don't have time to break in boots that's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles
1: when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their, the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be?
0: Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hit them again. Yeah, I mean, hit him again.
1: You figure too, uh, you don't know what it is. It could be bacteria based. Yeah. It could be it could be chemical based. Where e- regardless, either one of them could leach into food supplies, water supplies, mm-hmm. all of the above. I, hanging around for weeks on that. end.
0: I didn't even think about it getting into the water. Or the
1: food. yeah, I, and it absolutely would. You know that it would.
0: <clears throat> and it almost makes you wonder if like if Dottie would have went on un, like unseen by the hospital, would she have died?
1: Yeah, you know, if, possible. If it's
0: killing the pets and shit, would she have died as well? So they take Dottie uh, to the hospital, keep her for three days, say she's got an ear infection. Sonny, being like the hero of the story here, immediately thought of the strange rain and went home and collected some samples of the blob to bring him into the lab that worked at the hospital, thinking that great this idea. could have had something to do with her mother's illness. A lab tech at the hospital examined the samples Sonny had brought in, and he was surprised to say the least. He discovered that the blobs contained human white blood cells.
1: Okay. Which we all know what white blood cells do. Fucking weird. Yeah, white blood cells, correct me if I'm wrong, but they fight illness. Yeah. Um, so for, it definitely makes me lean towards some type of biological weapon
0: fucking weird. So the lab, I mean, he was just a small-town hospital lab tech, so he's not only, like, flabbergasted, but he's also frustrated because he could identify that this thing had white blood cells in it, but he didn't know what the substance was, could not figure it out, or how the F it had fallen from the sky.
1: And I, I assume that that's the other thing. I wish we had more information because it would make me want to ask the question, were you even able to test for anything else, or were you were you only able to find the white blood cells in there or were there other um, dynamics? There had to been, right? There would have had to have been yeah. other dynamics to this, this formula.
0: Yep. Considering that he only had the equipment available, he immediately sent samples to the Washington State Department of Health and the Hazardous Material Unit at the Department of Ecology in Washington State in hopes of identifying whatever this mystery human goop was. A microbiologist, Mike McDowell, found that the blobs were f- primarily filled with two different species of bacteria, one of which is found in the human digestive system. It's gross. Gross.
1: This, but that bacteria is some of the best bacteria in your body, and they also they they also correlate your mental being to some like how your well. Gut health. The gut health is. Yeah. Which is fucking weird. Uh, yeah.
0: This leads to the first theory as to what the possible blob could be, and one that was kind of leading for a while. That being that the blobs were human waste dumped from a passenger jet.
1: Bullshit. Okay, weather that's a weather balloon there. Yeah. That's what that is. They
0: immediately shut this down because, according to the FAA, the Federal I mean, we, we've Aviation Administration— We've
1: all Administration, seen Joe Dirt. Sorry to cut you off, but we've seen We know what <laughs> yeah. happens, yeah. we've, we've seen Joe Dirt.
0: They require human ra- waste to be dyed blue while the bob. <laughs> wow, let me try this again. Which
1: is straight up Joe Dirt. Yes.
0: Yeah. However, the Federal Aviation Administration regulations require human waste to be dyed blue while the blobs were perfectly clear and translucent. More so, the regulations also do not allow any pilots to dump, quote, blue ice while the planes are off the ground. A year after Dottie had f- her fallout from the goop, she had sent another sample that she had frozen to AM test laboratories for another look. She's like, I need to know more about this. So she had saved samples. They were on it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it. like, I guess Which, that's how a How weird testament. is that?
1: How weird is that? That, what did you say months later? Is that what you just said when oh, she sent? almost a year later. Yeah, so, well, no, she did freeze it. Never yeah. mind. I was going to say, because that's a testament of how long it it stuck around. Yeah. I wonder how long it took it to dissipate in, I, the, in the natural environment.
0: I read that it wasn't very long. Because really? it was almost like a water-soluble substance. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but the fact that she froze it almost is a testament to how bad it had fucked her up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like,
1: like she knew. She knew what it was from.
0: Okay, so they sent it off to AM test laboratories. Tim Davis, another microbiologist, believed that he saw eukaryotic cells, which is a complex nucleus-containing cell. These cells are present in most living creatures, meaning that whatever these blobs were, they were alive.
1: So, I'm saying, and I don't know if you get to it or not, I feel like, because I think the same thing happened within the past two years, I feel like the white blood cell, like almost like they were able to manipulate it to where I don't, and I don't know how any of that shit works, but it feels like in these little samples, you would, you would come up with a way to almost make the white blood cells. I'll I'll use the word radioactive, like where when it came into contact with you if it got inside your body, it would manipulate or not manipulate, but uh, like reproduce in a way and, and kind like of attack yourself. Yeah, like like almost convince the other white blood cells like, oh, hey, I'm going to download the programming from this white blood cell. And that's going to put me in overdrive and it's going to yeah. really fuck the body up because now I'm overreacting to every little thing, like you know, and making this hardcore response, you know, because I didn't know I didn't realize it. That when they give you vaccines sometimes they would actually put a poison in that vaccine to make your body hyper response to the virus that's also in the vaccine. That way, you're, that way it attributes like well, something you just, negative. Yeah, you'll you'll put the flu in there in in your body, and your body would normally react to it in a way of like, eh. I mean, this is bad, but it's not that bad. But that's not the that's not the goal they're looking for. They want the body to annihilate the flu. So they would put mercury inside the vaccine to make the body go into like a hyper response. Yeah. So if this ever were to occur again, the body would just nuke it and not even give it an opportunity. So,
0: yeah, it's uh, and man, it's it makes me the fact that it's like this guy up here, this Tim Davis said that it had to come from a living creature is also fucked up. Yeah. So, and they said they said the blobs were were pretty small, like the size of raindrops. So they weren't like it wasn't like meat shower big.
1: Bro, I'm saying I'm saying it's a bioweapon or a test from the government because remember the our bioweapon episode. We talked about plays in yeah. San Francisco that they St. were Louis. run. Yeah, St. Yeah. Louis, the whole Midwest. But you know, in in the uh, the San Francisco I think it was San Francisco Bay, whatever it was, is not far from there. Yeah. And yeah. they did the same shit. They they had ships outside in the bay and they were fogging the whole fucking area. Yep. And letting people get sick. Yeah. Or the subway st- or the subways in uh what was it, New York when they were busting them lights that were full of all that bacteria oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to see how far and the fast it would spread. Shit. Yep. I do.
0: That's you can't put it past them. Can't put it past Fuck a pass no. So, um, full transparency here, like the blobs. <laughs> I wrote that down.
1: <laughs> but um,
0: I did find a source that cited the New York Times article from August 20th, 1994. It stated that another scientist by the name of Mike Osweiler of the Washington uh, State Department had taken another look at one of the samples and found, quote, a number of cells in various sizes and two types of bacteria in the blob, which, which coincide with the other uh, findings, but he was unable to identify them. He did note that the cells did not have a nuclei, significant enough to mention because it directly refutes the claims that the blobs contained human blood cells or were from a living creature, which, in fact, do have nuclei. So, per usual, we have multiple scientific claims refuting one another. Yeah, we got back and forth No suitable
1: answer. Yeah, which... Like we've stated before, like that—that's all going to get wishy-washy anyway. So now you, it's perfect, right? Because now you just created two camps. Yep. Yep. And you have because you have each each camp now has a quote-unquote reliable source to fall on. Yep. And to go well, no, this guy said it's not, and this guy said this, and now it's just a back-and-forth bullshit game.
0: And the fact that that dude came in so quick, like August twentieth, wasn't that much longer. From when this happened, right, and he's in here. He's like, nope, nope. It's not. It's not what you think it is. Yeah. Also, Don't worry
1: about it. Uh, shout out to Dottie. I I feel like you're the MVP of the episode because you 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 guys made all the right moves. Oh yeah. you, you froze the shit. You kept the shit. Like you are the MVP.
0: And she raised Sunny right because Sunny was on it. She's like, yeah. man, mom, mom's sick. She's collapsed. Yep. I need to take her to the hospital. She's like, you know what else is weird? Yeah. You, know you know what's a weird variable here? This, this fucking, fucking blob shit. Globs that fell from the sky. Yeah,
1: no, The MVP's right there. Like you guys, you guys killed it. Yeah, because uh, my dumb ass probably wouldn't even have thought about scooping oh, some no. of that up and freezing <laughs> it,
0: especially in that in that uh, with that going on. Oh you know? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because that's a that's one of them stressful moments. You know, like when your your mom falls super ill all of a sudden. Like you're, I don't know. Typically, you're not that. Smooth.
0: No, I wouldn't have been. I'm with you. I would have been so worried about like getting her to the hospital, yeah. getting taken care of. So we're going to keep riding this uh, train that the blobs were alive. That leads into our next theory, um, and it does involve the military here. The theory is that the military naval bombing runs in the ocean had obliterated a school of jellyfish and sent the jelly pieces... <laughs> High up into the Earth's atmosphere, only to rain down on Oakville, some 50 miles inland.
1: Changing my mind. That's the story. <laughs> That's the one I'm going with.
0: So, the military did confirm that they were practicing bombing runs over the Pacific Ocean in 1994.
1: And they blew up a giant school of jellyfish. They did not
0: confirm that. But they deny any knowledge of the substance or any involvement in... In distributing it. My thing is considering the distance that it traveled, 50 miles inland, the amount of time it fell, which was five times over three weeks, and the lack, they they did they didn't say that the the goop had any smell at all. You would think there'd be some oceanic or some rotting smell with a whole bunch of jellyfish pieces falling yeah. all over the place. Yeah. I feel like this is probably and you have multiple agencies looking at the shit. You're going to say, like, if I take a piece of jellyfish into a scientist and I say, what is this? The Motherfucker's going to say, hey, I'm going to put this under a microscope. It's a fucking jellyfish.
1: Yeah, it's part of a jellyfish. Dummy. Period.
0: The end. Yeah,
1: I, I 100% agree with so that. So I feel
0: like this was like, people just, they're like, oh, a jelly-like substance fell on this semi-coastal town. It's got to be jellyfish. Yeah,
1: the military blew it up. And I mean, they blew up some, some of it went so high that it fell a couple weeks later than some of the other stuff. Yes. You know, it just, that's how good, that's how effective our uh, munitions is
0: on, on that note, we're going to stick with the military here.
1: I still think it is the military.
0: Many residents believe that Oakville could have been a possible site of a test of a new military biological weapon or the test to see the damage that a bioweapon could do to U.S. coastal town. You think? Because multiple town people recalled significant, almost daily travel of slow-moving military aircraft in the skies above the town on or around the days that the blobs fell.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They did this. They Midwested it, man. They flew right over top of that shit, dropped all of it on the people, just it's, like they did from in the, in the midwest
0: it is weird
1: that's where my money is 100% at
0: people also um I, i'm there with you with that but i have to touch on this one a little bit uh, the star jelly theory people also are attributing oh, this to star jelly
1: i don't know what this is but all i can think about is jellies jelly, jellyfish flying in the sky and they fought each other, and they ripped each other to, to, to shreds, and their remains fell to the planet.
0: Yes. 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 So for centuries as far back as the 1300s, there have been reports or similar substances to the Oakville blobs falling to Earth. It is referred to as star jelly or astral jelly or astromixin, and it's named after a legend that this substance falls to the Earth after meteor, shower, meteor showers. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go right to the Wikipedia article here and uh, just read from it because it's got some cool information here.
1: I'm also saying that we should make a hollow sky jelly and call it star jelly. Yeah, that's money. That's where I'm at, that's though. Money. We can have some sick-ass PB and star jelly sandwiches.
0: <laughs> Serving it up at or, 14 yeah, airwaves. Peanut butter and star jelly yeah.
1: sandwiches.
0: Um, In a weird Coincidence, I did see some TikToks about these giant, like, creatures in the sky. And I also saw a, maybe I was listening to YouTube, about legitimate, like, NASA videos of seeing giant jellyfish-like creatures in above the atmosphere. Let's go. But that has nothing to do with here or there. Back to it. Star jelly, according to Wikipedia, is a jet. Ge- er, wow, is a gelatinous substance sometimes found on grass, less commonly in the branches of trees. According to folklore, it is deposited on Earth during meteor showers. It's dec- described as translucent or grayish white gelatin that tends to evaporate shortly after having fallen. Explanations have ranged from it being the remains of frogs, toads, or worms, to the byproduct of cyanobacteria, which is our old friend Nostoc from the meat rain episode. Yeah. They're going back to that to also being being the fruiting bodies of jelly fungi or masses of amoebas known as slime molds. So the earliest report of star jelly is from the 1300s. Damn. Mentioned Stella Terra Latin for star of the earth or earth star one uh, John of Gadsden's uh, is mentioned it in his medical writings, describing it as a certain mucoliginous substance lying upon the earth, and he suggested that you use it to treat abscesses, which is weird that it it's very had sussy. a medical substance. A 14th century Latin medical glossary has an entry for uligo described as a certain fatty substance emitted from the earth that is commonly called a star which has fallen. Similarly, in English Latin dictionary from around 1440, it has an entry of stair slime, which is S-T-E-R-R-E-S-L-Y-M-E, with the Latin equivalent given as a sub. Uh, That means the term falling or shooting star. In Welsh, it has been referred to as prudressur, Meaning rot from the stars, star rot is a, is what they need to call it. That is that's pretty badass. dope.
1: That is pretty dope. Um, were they all under the impression that this came from a meteor shower? Meteor shower? Um,
0: I don't or know. Or was as far it as the just what ones? they
1: all magically, randomly called it?
0: It prob. I'm assuming that the folklore, it's probably like anything else where a meteor shower happened and they found this shit right after it. And then as it became as more and more instances occurred, they probably tried to attribute it right to other shooting. I was gonna stars say because
1: like I didn't catch you like specifically saying, yeah, there was a meteor shower and then this group of people called it this. No, I didn't and know there's another one and then this group of people called it this. I
0: didn't find a specific instance where a meteor shower happened and then this shit fell.
1: Yeah, because I was just I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, I haven't heard him say meteor shower at all. And yet all these different people are attributing the same gelatinous bullshit to sta- like stars. Yeah. Like it, it, it's so bizarre. And it gets, it gets,
0: it, it goes further.
1: Cause I would just like call it grass, grass boogers or something. I wouldn't be calling it star jelly and shit.
0: It, it was so, yeah. Especially that one that said it was a fatty substance that emitted from the ground. Yeah. It had nothing to do with flying but right. it, or falling. But apparently it was kind of a big deal because the Oxford English Dictionary um, lists a large number of other names for the substance with references dating back to the circa 1440 English Latin Dictionary as mentioned above. Names such as Star Fallen, Star Falling, Star Jelly, Star Slime, Star Shot, Star Slew, Star Slubber, Star Slutch, and my personal favorite, Star Spurt.
1: That is so weird.
0: That it was that
1: so fucking weird. That,
0: uh, you would almost have to think that it was common, yeah, for this stuff to be around. Yeah, uh, the slime mold, which is often attributed to this, it's intertidium lycoperdon, is called Caca de Luna in Veracruz, Mexico, which translates <laughs> to star Moon shit. Feces.
1: I knew it was something shit.
0: Dude, we're out here having fucking moon poop wars.
1: <laughs> um, it's so it's so bizarre. It's and then that's not even you know that's that's not even saying that this is the, whatever happened in Washington is the same shit. It does they it, it might be two completely different yeah, things too.
0: Yeah, it's just a uh, theory that people attribute it because to because I'm they see I'm gelatinous blocks.
1: I'm with you, man. Like the way what you're reading is being depicted, it makes it sound like it was a pretty common occurrence. Yep. And then for whatever reason, apparently this shit doesn't happen anymore.
0: Until 1994. Yeah. Well, here, uh, Wikipedia provides some examples that I'll read for you all to wrap up the the episode here. Uh, On November 11th, 1846, a luminous object estimated four feet in diameter fell at Lowell, New York, leaving behind a heap of foul-smelling luminous jelly that disappeared quickly, according to the Scientific American. Next case. In 1950, four Philadelphia policemen reported the discovery of a domed disc of quivering jelly, six feet in diameter and one foot thick, at the center and an inch or two near the edge when they tried to pick it up, it dissolved into an odorless, sticky scum. The site was located within a half a mile of the Philadelphia Gas Works, leading to believe, uh, leading to the possibility that it was some type of industrial discharge. This incident inspired the movie *The Blob*.
1: UFO blue ice.
0: UFO made of blue ice.
1: No, I'm just saying. Blue, oh. blue eyes is what they called them ah, there. The yes. planes dropped the shit.
0: Alien. Moon moon cacade luna. Yeah. On August 11th, 1979, Sybil Christian of Frisco, Texas, reported the discovery of several purple blobs of goo on her front yard following the Perseid meteor shower. A follow-up investigation by reporters and an assistant director in the Fort Worth Museum of Science and History discovered... A battery processing plant outside of town where caustic soda was used to clean impurities from the lead in the batteries, resulting in a purplish compound as a byproduct. The report was greeted with skepticism, however, as the compounds of the processing plants were solid, whereas the blobs on Christian's lawn were gelatinous. Others, however, pointed out that Christian had tried to clean them off her lawn with a garden hose before turning them over. In December 1983, grayish-white oily gelatin fell on North Reading, Massachusetts. Thomas Grinley reported finding it on his lawn, the streets, the sidewalks, and dripping from gas station pumps. 1999, several dates. Gelatinous rain fell on Oakville, Washington. On the evening of November 3, 1996, a meteor was reported flashing across the sky of Kempton, Tasmania, just outside of Hobart. The next morning, white translucent slime was reported discovered on the lawns and sidewalks of the town. In 1997, a similar substance fell in Everett, Washington. Star jelly was found on various Scottish hills in the autumn of 2009. Blue balls of jelly rained down on a man's garden in Dorset in January 2012. Upon further analysis, these proved to be sodium polycrylate granules, a kind of superabsorbent polymer with a variety of common, including agricultural uses. They were most likely already present in the ground in their dehydrated state, and they had gone unnoticed until they soaked up water from a hail shower and consequently grew in size, which makes your Orbeez point all the more. Right. So it's almost the same shit. Several deposits were discovered at Hamwall Nature Reserve in England in February 2013. It has been suggested that these were unfertilized frog spawn, regurgitated frog innards, or a form of cyanobacteria, which is Noctos. So, again, they're going back to uh, bird vomit, which seems to be a common thing.
1: Yeah, apparently.
0: Um, In the BBC program Nature's Weirdest Events, Series 4, Episode 3, that aired on 14th of January, 2015, Chris Packman showed a specimen of star jelly and had it sent to the Natural History Museum in London for DNA analysis. Dr. David Bass, who confirmed it, was from a frog. He also found some traces of magpie DNA on the jelly, which may point to how the frog died. So those were just some... Of the Wikipedia article that had different histories of these specific falls. Granted, like Kyle had mentioned, that does not mean it is tied to what is going on no. here in Oakville. And ha-
1: half of those, they're not even the same description. Yes. You know, some of those descriptions made me think that somebody, like a, like a giant blew a damn snot rocket on my front lawn. Yeah. And then you have different colors adding in, ah, just sizes, all types of stuff.
0: It is interesting. And unfortunately, we will probably never know what it was. The same as with the meat shower. Uh, Because I will end with this uh, paragraph from discovery.com, which was one of the sources that I used. Um, I used bbc.com, discovery.com, unsolved.com, unsolved mysteries, fandom, the unsolved mysteries episode, a whole bunch of shit I was looking through. This is the exact... Paragraph that ended the article. All the original uncollected blobs have long disappeared, and there are no known remaining samples of the Oakville blobs, including at the Washington Department of Health. In fact, they apparently have no records of ever receiving any. So, where does this leave our investigations? It seems that unless they make another appearance explaining the blobs of Oakville and any connection they may have had to the sickness that spread in their aftermath may forever be out of reach how how much does that almost solidify the fact that something fucky was going on yeah that not only do they not have any samples, fucking samples left but they also oh, didn't they don't have any records. records
1: okay bro whatever you know fucking damn good and well that there were records and they probably got fucking expunged yes they're gone now. Shut up. Especially Come on.
0: when people start getting sick and almost
1: fucking dying. Absolutely. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Yeah, up. we better back off this one real fast. Hey,
0: you know what I think? The government's like, have you guys heard of Nostoc?
1: Yeah. That's a cytobacteria. A, a bunch of birds puking and shit.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, the birds around Kentucky and Washington, they have shitty gag reflexes. Yeah. Let me tell you what.
1: And they all puke at the exact same time. <laughs> It's just, Get out of here. it's
0: it's strange, man. The world is a strange place. And you hear stories like this, which come across as being so odd and so out of pocket and so paranormal. But then you start to look into them and they could have very human, uh, human uh, origins. origins. Good, 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 good word. And very... Worse consequences. Yeah, I oh, would. Yeah. I would more so have it be. Yeah, this shit fell from a meteorite and it's making people sick.
1: Oh yeah, because
0: because there there's no there's no human connection there yeah. as opposed to it being, hey, the military's fucking around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the exact same boat because it's just like the meteor thing is just it, it's out of your control. There's nothing you can like. It sucks. Right. It's no different than a tree falling over on your fucking car. It sucks. But it happens. Yeah, it's just like, it's just in that weird cycle of life that you just have to accept, you know? But then, like you pointed out, that if it is the government or the military or black ops or whomever. Yeah, that's malevolence. Fuck yeah, it is. That's just people out there being a dick. Dude, and I love
0: that the, the, the fucking military is like, yeah, we were doing bombing runs over the ocean. Yeah. They, did, they failed to mention we were also flying planes over the town yeah. the entire time that this was going on. Yeah. Like, get out of here, you fucking nerds. DTA, baby. Don't trust anyone.
1: Do better.
0: But I thought that we would go down that path since uh, I was looking in the meat shower and these kind of connect as opposed or as opposed to like being far off from one another because some of the main subjects of what these could possibly be are the same, like the Nostoc and the frog, for sure. frog shit and all that. But uh, that wraps it up. Um, again, there's tons of articles out there for you guys to check. Like I said, I use discovery.com, uh, bbc.com, unsolved.com. There is a episode of Unsolved Mysteries out that uh, shows the actual interviews with some of the people I mentioned in the uh, episode. So go and check them out. If anybody... I know that wasn't that long ago. If anybody lived in Oakville and the show gets on them, gets on their ears and you recall this particular incident, I would have been 10 years old at the time. So I definitely remembered it. Hit us up because I'm curious. I'd like to pick your brain a little bit. Talk about the sickness. Talk about the jelly. You know the deal. But thanks for hanging out with us this week tune in next week same hollow time same hollow channel hang out with us on tuesdays for the episodes of the night shift and wednesday nights at 8 p.m central time on youtube come over and kick it with us on the live me and kyle just kind of shoot off at the mouth and take some phone calls it's awesome But until then, check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Stay safe. Stay weird. And again, if shit starts falling from the sky, do not put it in your mouth. And uh, be like Officer Lacey and use gloves if you're going to squish it around.